why is there such thing as a caddy? Like, what is this? Where did this come from? And why do we still hold on to it so dearly? And is anyone ever asking the question of like, why do we do this? Because it does seem curious at times. Uh, but anyway, as we think about it, as we unpack it all and so on, I mean, obviously there are, there are some caddies are better than other caddies at helping certain players. What do you think the role of a caddy is? Welcome to the Pure Golf Collective. We are your hosts, Carter Bennett and John Roy. Together through this, we bring a new lens on themes of development, performance, and process. The idea of the collective is to investigate and celebrate the intrinsic values of golfers and the obsession to the purity of the game. The collective is not just who we hear on this podcast, but any person invested into growth and connection to golf. We are golfers celebrating all that is pure in the game we love. And here we are again, another Sunday morning, episode 13 of the Pure Golf Collective. This week, we're going to be continuing on the theme of the caddy. As we started to explore the idea last week, John and I introduced it as we've been pondering this idea now for a couple of months as we kind of talk about different ideas and themes in the game of golf. And the caddy continues to kind of circle back up and we've been exploring it and we thought we would share it with you guys and maybe perhaps uh, create some insights and maybe open your minds to ponder these ideas as well. Last week, we got to hear from a guy that has been in the ropes on the bag for a guy that was pursuing very high-level pursuits. Our friend Pete had the awesome opportunity to go overseas and spend some time on Victor Perez's bag as he was working his way through the Challenge Tour and European Tour. Pete shared some pretty cool stories and some nice insights for us, and we're going to elaborate and continue to explore these themes this week. A story that I brought up last week from the Masters was Hideki's caddy bowing back down at Augusta. What that kind of means, what his intentions were. You know, this is not something we typically see from the caddy at the end of any golf tournament. And it might be unique to the Masters tournament and the Augusta National as it is this holy grail type of spot within the the golfing tradition. But there also might be a cultural thing that we see playing out here as well. From my experience uh, with Japanese culture, and I just have some family members who spent some time there and all this kind of stuff, there's something about the harmony with nature that's that's an overriding principle of your existence, right? To talk about that connection and um, connectivity and, and so on. So um, th- I think there would be like a respect for the for the layout, for the for the nature that that allowed for this theater to take place. Um, it would probably, I would guess anyway, that's where that was kind of coming from. Yeah, certainly I hadn't seen that uh, play before, but I've, I have seen, you know, there's caddy, caddies are filled with superstition, eh? Like the, the way they rake the bunker and, you know, you might see them do the, the cross after they do that. And as in like, I'm not going to come in this bunker anymore, you know, or whatever <laughs> there, there is, um, there are golf gods involved in the, in the world of golf. The caddies are well aware of, you know, and you don't want to cross the golf gods. So you make sure that you enter a bunker in the proper way and, and, and keep it in the good shape and, and, and those kind of things as well. 
So I bet you there has probably been some caddies who have done similar ideas, I guess mm -hmm. I would say. Um, but certainly it was, it was a beautiful, uh, a beautiful story. And, and like Augusta, I mean, it's like uh, Notre Dame Basilica, right? Compared to St. Anne's Church near my house. You know, like it's just totally different. It brings out a, a spirituality out of us. Um, totally. As, go as golfers, it's a unique, to your point, like as you said, it's the hallowed ground that just brings out these different uh, states. You know what I mean? So it's not just your ordinary um, run-of-the-mill place. Um, it is truly like the pinnacle, I would suggest, of like the spiritual uh, component of the golf. Maybe maybe the old course at St. Andrews would have a, an argument in that. Um, but, yeah. but somehow, no offense to it, but somehow Augusta has something other. I don't know what that other is and which one's better or worse, but there's there's something different there. Um, the ninth hole on the right, and you know, the first hole tee offs right there. Everything's like right there, especially with so few fans. It really would be a beautiful like place to look from. It was they, right. they had reached the top of the mountain and they were looking back like a good hiker would know, with that like that that gaze of like, wow, I can't believe I got here, and I'm very grateful to have taken that that the struggle that 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 got me here. You know, the delayed gratification finally paying off. Um, so there there probably was a lot of that in it. Yeah, I can imagine just a, a very large sense of appreciation. Yeah, definitely an appreciation. I, you know, I, I'm, I was a big fan of uh, Japanese literature and film. Like the, I took a lot of courses in Japanese film and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, this, the idea of harmony with nature is like a massive motif of, of their work. Um, and, and which is very different than us who, who build house, you know, pave paradise and put up a parking lot, right? Um, they, they are the opposite of that, uh, of that mantra. Definitely, definitely. So what is going on with the caddy? Why is there a caddy? What is the caddy doing out there? And why is it something that is required at a professional level? <clears throat> the caddy is an embodiment of Timothy Galway and, and has a, a disjunction between self one and self two, self one, the caddy and self two, the player. And what the caddy allows us to do is to uh, leave self one in the hands of that other person and be able to dive wholeheartedly into self two a little bit easier. Now, it's still a very unique thing, right? Like no other sport kind of plays that out, which is strange. But, you know, the value of the caddy is like unquestioned in golf. Like there's no question that there's going to be a caddy and that doesn't come up for debate. There's a little bit of debate in terms of what we're going to pay the caddy. That's like the history of caddying has them building unions and trying to represent themselves. Because at the end of the day, remember, this is a guy who's like chasing after his player with a very heavy bag, hoping that he can give him some nuts and a banana and an umbrella. Like that's yep. a, that's what's weird. Like, and, and, and the end of it, the guy holds the trophy and, and basically says, see you later. This was all me. Mm. And he was like, what? Like, what is, I was carrying your bag. I was like right there with you. Shouldn't I be in the picture? Like, shouldn't I hold the trophy with you? Like on the other team and team Canada, when they won Olympic gold in the hockey, they, they all held the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. The and GM then, is in there. The, the yeah. president, the, the our team, like I'm not allowed, like what's up? Like, am I allowed inside the rope even like what's up here? Um, and, and so there is an interesting play there, but again, it's still on question. You wouldn't go to a professional event without a caddy. No one does. Why? Yeah. Well, because clearly it helps. It must because those guys are doing it for money, right? Like they, this is for their livelihood. This is, this is not like a whimsical, like I just like having someone to talk to, although that might have a performance enhancement in it like just to be able to be able to like blurb things as you move you know might be able to clear your mind a little bit better you can kind of resolve these issues but it it still stems back to sort of tim galway was the the troubadour of this like the inner game is possible if you've got a caddy or the inner game is more possible more accessible you know yeah. if you if you've got a caddy um and that caddy represents that sort of left brain 
and allows the 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 player to play out the right brain kind of role a little bit more you know he can walk into the shot with a degree more of commitment and, and so on absolutely and what i slightly alluded to last week is this more modern day psychology uh neuroscience side of that where we have these two types of cognitive processes going on and the as Galloway would say, you know, you have the the right side and that's the the modern day top-down processing and then the left side of the brain, the self two, the bottom up, the player being immersed into sensory experience, allowing of behavior, et cetera. The, the caddy can kind of take over that self one top-down processing piece to allow and support the player with creating more ease and flow within their performance experience i kind of find it funny as you and talk about the the guy that's just chasing the other dude around and carrying the bag for some guy and uh hoping to give him uh some help that's a an interesting piece to the caddy is that relationship side of it and pete last week said you know he, it was really it was about a friendship um that he had with victor and that uh is what might have been their kind of superpower together as a team but might not be true for all the caddy player relationships i'm, I'm sort of torn on where i'm going with all of that because I, I there's one side of it is the inequity of like why yeah. why do we carry this dude who you know dutifully follows a couple steps behind but don't walk on the green at the wrong time oh don't touch the you know you're not allowed here go right that bunker instead and yet at the end it's sort of like a yeah sorry thanks for nothing Definitely, we've seen that in modern times uh, on the PGA Tour uh, to this date. Although those guys, for the most part now, are uh, more of an equal, but definitely there is the the inequality there, and uh, there's no there's not too many anyway. Uh, caddies getting in for the the trophy picture, you know, Bryson didn't take the picture with his caddy in the trophy yep. that we see uh, on the front of the magazine, right? And I bet you um, Bryson probably retained more of the check than the caddy got. Uh, 100%. Well, actually 90%. Yeah, uh, around for, that, exactly. It's for, apparently the going there. rate. Yeah, yes. exactly. I'm thinking back to a couple of years ago down in Mexico, Hawaii, Mexico with Matt Kuchar. And, uh, you know, he yeah. doesn't have his caddy with him. Yeah. Grabs a local caddy, makes an agreement. Yeah. This is the agreement. You you can carry my bag. Yeah. You can caddy for me for this week. And this is what I'll pay you. Yeah. He goes on to win the event, pays the caddy what he agreed to pay him, what yeah. the caddy agreed to sign up for. Now, from the outside looking in, yeah, like Matt Kuchar's an asshole. Yeah. It's like, dude, you have millions. Like, just give this guy some more and make his life. Give him a bonus. I think that's where my mind went. You know what I mean? It was like, shouldn't you just throw him a little bonus? Like, you know, come on. Yeah. But from a partnership standpoint, if that was yep. the, if that was the agreement, that's, I kind of have to, I've, I kind of always gone to the Kucher side that like, look, this is business and he, they made an agreement. There was nothing here that was unsaid okay? yep. and he followed through on both sides. It, it's, it's a challenging one for sure. And it, it brings up this idea of the the past history of the caddy, perhaps of where yeah. there's really this inequality. Right. Um, like the players, like a feudal but, lo feudal lord who owns the land, and unfortunately, you know, the, there's there will always be inequity because of that. You know, like yeah. the other the caddy's always in debt. Yeah, and yeah. you know, 
you never, we never heard the voice of that caddy and where he stood on it. You know, we just hear the media's viewpoint of it. And at the same time, you know, I'm sure that guy was super grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that. I'm sure Kuchar took care of him throughout the week uh, and made sure he had a, a very awesome, cool experience as well. Exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, Kucher rips this guy off and it's like it's tough to it's a tough one to kind of yeah know, maybe we are side with yeah maybe we're being a little bit too much of the helicopter parent right now uh you and i as we celebrate the caddy and so on i mean here here's a, a farcical monty python skit for you but imagine an event where the players disappeared and they and we let we were left with only caddies would anyone watch would we stand by the green cheering while he handed a putter to his imaginary player and then took the putter back and walked on to the next tee. Is there anything valuable at all in what the caddy brings in terms of the money generating the commercials, the, the people in the stands and all of this stuff. Now imagine the alternate universe where only the player is there and there's no caddies. Absolutely. The place would be packed. People would love to see that show. And, and the caddy doesn't have any, any ground to stand on effectively because they are completely removable from this situation and it doesn't really affect the viewership and so on. Now, whether that's, um, a sad statement of the commercialization of sports or, or what have you, um, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, I think the caddy is probably in the right place and capitalism has kind of played that out over time, which is effectively, listen, I'll give you this money for this event. And if you don't want it, I'll take the next guy. Like, sorry, like it's, I don't need you. Yeah. In the player's defense, you know, I've been on both sides of it. I've done some caddying and I've been a, a somewhat of a player, <laughs> I guess I could say. And uh, you still have to stand over top of the golf ball and make the swing and hit the ball somehow True. in that moment where the moment seems so much bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Um, it's as much as the caddy is there to help you with your decision and help you with your energy and help you with your presence of mind. Uh, when you're standing on 18 T with a one stroke lead and there's water all down the left side. You know, I always think, uh, I was just thinking about uh, Jim Herman there. At, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Hall of Famer. Exactly. I was just looking at his name. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, he's standing there and, you know, he still has to hit that shot. Yeah. That's, that's him. Uh, so, but, uh, I think you're, you're onto something with the, the self one self two. And as I think about my caddying experience, um, you know, I've done some relatively high level events of caddying and, you know, I really was that, that self one. And for the guys that I was looping for, they were, they just wanted me to give them a number and that's all they, they wanted me to take, do the thinking, yeah. do the calculating, do the thinking. They wanted to stand more or less beside their bag and the ball, you know, maybe to start to, they would do some more visualization, some more kind of feeling obviously they would have a sense they know where the 150 marker is or whatever and they have an idea based off the game plan where what club they're going to be hitting in but then it's like i come in and it's okay we need we need a minimum of 132 yards i need that carry and it cannot go further than 145 now what do you feel is appropriate for that shot yeah. You know, we need, we need this minimum. We cannot have it go longer than this. Um, you know, let's, let's swing 138. What's, what's your shot. Okay. Perfect. It's going to be a flight pitching wedge. And that's, you know, I make the, the, the analysis, the, the calculating, and then together 
kind of formulate a, a plan to, to get that. And then it's, you know, and then it's take the bag back away and, and let them, let them go to the show and create the art. So what a great value you bring only to be met with, Oh, and go pick up that divot and clean these grooves, please. Yeah. Gladly, which sir. is interesting. I'm kind of undervaluing, you know. Anyway, but I, I'm 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 sort of tongue in cheek as I describe this inequity. It certainly isn't like that really anymore, to be honest. You know what I mean? There's a history of of that, perhaps. Very very ugly one. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and 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 you know, unfortunately, in the history of humanity, it doesn't. You know, nothing really escapes that. You know, there's ugliness before us that we've learned from, or perhaps moved on from, or, or not, or whatever. But you know, you can't really change that. Um, but but nonetheless, that sort of is in the history books of where a caddy is coming from. Uh, which becomes interesting. Yeah, it's it, interesting as well. The caddy taking over the self one mode is a, is a very valuable role for sure. But if you were running a small business and this was a partnership, you're right to say that one of the partners plays a bigger role and has a right mm-hmm. to greater profits. You know, I think you know in terms of the partnership agreement here, the caddy knows when they signed on. Like, they weren't like lied to at the first tee, saying yeah, yeah, it's all good, and if we get the trophy, we share it, and you know, and all that. So it, it's an agreement. Um, I, you know, I'm allowing you to carry my bag. Yep. And what has happened to some caddies anyway, is they can start these relationships, get fired, move on to a next guy, find a new relationship. And, uh, they kind of establish themselves. You've seen caddies over time move from player to player and have very long, illustrious careers. And some of these caddies have become, you know, staples within, the, or the history of golf, you know, Steve Williams uh, is one obviously that uh, comes to mind. And then there's a couple others that, you know, you've just seen poking around uh, for years and years. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike Cowan is another one fluff. He's a guy that's been plugging around on tour for longer than most guys play on tour. And he's been on some pretty cool uh, golf bags including Tiger Woods and Peter Jacobson before his long-standing relationship with Jim Furyk. Yeah, there's celebrity caddies now, um, which is interesting as well. You know, yep. Steve Williams, you know, is a is an author and a successful caddy of six, very illustrious. He's been carrying the bag in uh, and so on and is clearly a, a highly sought-after expert in the You Complete Me role. And I guess probably if I, if I were to brainstorm and I know a few caddies and I know you've caddied a little bit for some guys that you've coached and all that stuff, a very logical positioning there, I would suggest that, you know, a coach to act as a caddy would make a lot of sense. Um, Jason Day was entertaining that for a little while, I remember, and I don't mean to, to celebrity name drop or whatever as we go here, but let's just say just in general, that would be a good idea, I think, because the coach, to your point, would be able to handle the executive function of the mental game for the player and would be able to remind them and act as a mirror to kind of showcase and, and reflect, here's what you look like right now. Here's what's going on. Here's where your state is at. Let's make sure we're managing this um, and can have an idea of process goals um, that he, that he holds the player accountable to through the day. I think that would be a very logical use of a caddy again, comparing it to other sports, just kind of crazy that we even have that opportunity in golf, but even crazier, I guess, would be to not take advantage of that opportunity. I'm actually yeah. looking at Steve Williams, uh, the notes for Steve Williams' uh, book, which is a very, very good book, hard to find. Um, golf from the golf on the way up, on the way up. I forget the title of it. I actually didn't write it on my sheet here, uh, but it's a, just a fantastic book. Um, 
and in it he he just talks a lot about the mental game effectively from standing beside some of the great players he caddied for peter thompson ray floyd greg norman this guy named tiger um this guy named adam uh Couples. you know how i know how many majors how many how many australian open couples a little bit maybe i don't know i'm not sure about couples yeah but maybe yeah um oh no i think it might yeah, anyway but anyway so he's he's talking about standing beside yeah it doesn't matter exactly um anyway he's standing beside them and, and, and interestingly his book is is a, is a full uh expose on the brain functioning of these champions and what he noticed is that these champions are able to be in a state of concentration that cannot be distracted that's sort of the main the main principle and that effectively they're able to access the subconscious executive functions quicker and better than anyone else and then his theory was as a caddy you need to be able to hold down the executive functioning what, what you were sort of thinking the deep the deeper thinking the more analytical thinking to borrow the the dismissed but uh, appropriate for today's conversation um left and right or self one self two idea and just to be clear about what galway was saying there you know so self one is the thinking analytic mind and self two is the creative responsive mind so if you do a drill with a player on a putting green uh self one would be to have them stand over a four foot putt and tell them that it's for 10 bucks and they only have five in their pocket and watch them try to perform that. Um, and then the uh, self two version of it would be to roll a ball to them and tell them to hit it back to you. And they're in, in that experience as they just, Ooh, there's a ball coming at me. I hit it. Um, that would be a, a pure example of what a self two experience would be like. And, and the theory being that athletics requires us to perform in a self two mode, but the, our theory could be, and Galway certainly is that the culture of the game, his was tennis in the seventies, but the culture of the game is such that we're trying to use the wrong part of our brain to do these tasks. And we are not able to, as Steve Williams would tell us, access the subconscious enough. And so my, my theory in reading Steve Williams stuff and now come full circle to finally get to where I was trying to go with all of this caddy stuff is that somehow the right caddy, the caddy that completes you, um, will be able to handle the self one activities and as a result, leave the self two work to the player. To your point, as you described, the self one caddy is able to tell the player where the wind is coming from and what, what, what's so important about this match. And he can look at the leaderboard and make strategies based on that. And he can do all of that work that the player can then lose themselves in an undistractable concentration. Um, on the task at hand. And so possibly the caddy serves that role. Um, what are other roles that a caddy serves? Well, there is the, the sort of surface stuff. I mean, he carries the bag and therefore you can maintain energy longer, I guess, uh, if you're not carrying your own bag. Um, he's someone you can talk to. Uh, so you've got that sort of companion to share the experience with. Um, there is obviously a rich history of that in, in, in history of mankind, you know, this idea of having a sparring partner or having a, a partner for your journey, uh, also referred to as marriage in some cases, you know what I mean? Like this idea of finding someone that sort of completes you and that you can go through your journey with, that you can share ideas with and all of that stuff. The caddy certainly fulfills all of that role. But then I think that the most critical part, especially as we talk as a professional caddy, is this idea of taking it to another level and trying to help a player uh, maximize their strokes gained in a given round. Someone who knows the skills of their player, and this returns me back to sort of the best person to caddy for someone would be their coach, quote unquote, or the best person to coach for someone would be their caddy, you know, one way or the other there. Um, but there's something about really getting to know the player and knowing their tendencies emotionally, physically, 
technically and therefore being able to effectively coach them and create environments where they can survive and, and, and excel. Um, that to me seems like the, the, this, the very uh, height of what a caddy is all about. Conversely, all that other stuff we're talking about is us essentially trying to find deeper meaning in this relationship of a caddy, largely from my own reflection, which is why is there such thing as a caddy? Like, what is this? Where did this come from? And why do we still hold on to it so dearly? And is anyone ever asking the question of like, why do we do this? because it does seem curious at times. Um, but anyway, as we think about it, as we unpack it all and so on, I mean, obviously there are, there are some caddies are better than other caddies at helping certain players. Yeah. I think you, you, you more or less nailed it uh, from the philosophical. We tap into the psychological uh, and again, not to uh, knock Mr. Galloway and the, the simplicity of what he is saying, I think is right on our role as coaches is to kind of somehow come up with that digestible thing for the player to yeah. use. There's not too many opportunities where I would even talk about self one, self two as a, as a thing. It's just like our role as a coach is to try to influence self two as a state that that person is when they're engaged in our experience in our sessions. Um, but obviously recognizing when that self one comes into play and when to use that self strategically, I suppose, in a training environment with us or when they're out on the golf course alone. So the the companion piece for the caddy is, I think, the from where I come from anyway, I think is the, the biggest piece to why the caddy is out there. Um, you could get into all their specific roles of what they do and what they don't do. Um, because that list is different for every single relationship. But the companion is definitely, I think, the the number one thing. And when I think about that, there is uh, we picked up a great story from the ladies at Vision 54 there from Annika's caddy. And each season, their dialogue in performance environments was uh, creating a story of a bank robbery. And this was the the story that they used uh, and created and draw or drew out to detail over the course of a season as they are in between shots and waiting around in the moments of pressure and and everything going on mm -hmm. in that experience. They would take that time in their relationship to just create this cool story, and uh, that's yeah. it's kind of the the game within the game that would keep. Annika on the right path, staying, keeping her in that self to mode, kind of creating and having fun exploring, uh, keeping that self to present in her experience. And then, you know, when it was time to get back down into it, it was a little bit more accessible because she's kind of already there. Uh, Caddy would maybe turn that discussion off into shot process. Caddy does what he needs to do to get Annika further into uh, her process and, and then let the, the player or Annika in this case do what they do. So the, the companion, I think that's is crazy. That's such a cool, yeah, that's such a cool story. Sorry, sorry to jump in. I just, I'm so, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't remember it, but anyway, that's so telling. Right. And, and I guess the, the point that it brings up is, if she wasn't doing that, writing a mystery novel with her caddy, you know, between shots over a season, what would she be doing with the four and a half hours in between shots? 
you know, on any given day, you know, what would, what would she be vulnerable to, you know, as Steve Williams is sort of saying here, like, well, the, the whole thing is about slipping into the subconscious because otherwise in the conscious, you're now married to this thing called judgment and value. Yeah. And, and that is very, very useful in many ways. And a caddy should obsess themselves with that perhaps, but the player can't afford to be in that space. And with a proper caddy anyway, they can skip over that section of work, at least to some degree. And then able, and then they can be better prepared to be in this self two mode or whatever. Anyway, that, I think that's a captivating story. So yes, number one, as we summarize our reasons for having a caddy, it's that you've got a companion that can help keep you on the task that you've established for that day. Number one, the task of the given shot. They help that. They kind of clear the clutter. Uh, but secondly, they also keep us like, I call this a lighthouse, but like your intentionality, you're like the purpose of today. The purpose of today is to get to the end of the day with an emotional uh, calmness, you know, and the caddy can stand there and kind of remind us of that all day with like, for instance, mantras, you hear caddies using that stuff all the time, you know, a reminder, a gentle reminder of like the, the commitment you had made for the day and the intentionality you had sort of laid before. So that's uh, those are very good reasons for bringing a companion along as they can serve that role. And, and obviously there's a blurring of the, the role of a, uh, coaching as well what about caddy as strategist is that does that make it in our category here is that another reason yeah, it, why we want a caddy again depends on on the player for sure but uh as we think about that self one self two analogy uh the tactics he i would imagine for most people would be the kind of the guy uh to do to do more of that if you think a guy like Bryson, he, he's doing a lot of it himself. That's kind of how, where he finds flow is doing the, the calculations and, and stuff. And this is where the, the subjectivity of the experience comes in, right? It's, it is such a, a unique experience to each person to how they go through and figure out what they're going to do and how to hit the shot, the skateboarder, the scientist, and, and all those things that we, we can talk about. Uh, but 100%, I think the caddy's role is not not to make the decision but to give heavy guidance for that decision uh using things like shot probability uh understanding the player's distributions and really having a good idea to where that player wants to hit the ball to to maximize their probabilities and that's and that's where i think the 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 tension between players and caddies can arise because you know players big ego players are going to want to go i can do this i can do this but caddy can stand there and say no 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 like this is this is basic probabilities and this is my job to be here to keep you in line with these probabilities this is the decision that is going to maximize our probabilities of getting this golf ball in the hole with fewest strokes possible and just to be just just to be concrete about that um 15 augusta your drive goes left you feel as a right-handed golfer that you can hit the high draw and hold this green without bouncing into the 16th puddle beside the tee and the caddy says this is where we need to lay up and therein starts the friction between two companions that uh, we can see in domestic uh, situations just as much as we can see in sporting situations and so on right there are disagreements that'll come up between the companions here as to because because of course the, the the reality is that the golf experience is not certain there isn't a mathematical truth mm -hmm. to the shot that you're supposed to hit 
nor to the other point about it all as well the caddy of course stands for the belief that the player is capable of hitting with any degree of consistency you don't have a rifle you have a shotgun your your pattern could be anywhere across a spectrum as opposed to you know, imagining that somehow Tiger Woods or Jordan Spieth or whatever, they're going to hit a straight shot right on the line that the caddy imagined was supposed to happen. I mean, the reality is any caddy worth his salt would accept the fact that there is probability left and right of the space where he'd like to hit. And he's probably hopefully managing all of that stuff. I guess the theory is the caddy can afford to spend a lot of time thinking about that stuff during the round. And the player probably is better served drawing in different information than that stuff that's a little bit more conducive to the flow experience of a shot, the shot experience as we've been talking about a lot in our, in our different um, uh, chats here over the weeks. Um, I think that's maybe what the caddy is doing as well as he's kind of setting the table for a flow experience in in a good companionship, in a good relationship. Uh, I think of uh, guys like um, Furyk and uh, Mickelson and Woods, you know, you get these long-term relationships where you've got to imagine that caddy really understands the flow experience and understands how to push the player into it, um, bring him down, bring him up, whatever he kind of needs to do. And I'm not trying to put too much responsibility on the caddy, but to me, to be honest, while I was watching um, high-level tournament golf when I was younger, I used to wonder why the caddy wasn't a co-champion. I didn't understand, you know, what the distinction was, you know, again, it was just all confusing to me of this stuff and there was no other sport like it. And I was laughing, thinking that in my soccer game, what it would be like to have a caddy and all of those kind of things, if you know what I mean. But it was interesting because does the caddy not play, you know, a significant role in this? Is he not, you know, if, if, if everyone on the football team, including the punter are getting the, are getting the, the medal, you know, why doesn't the caddy? I think that's a great summation of our discussion thus far and, exploring and diving into the theme of the caddy here lots of different ways to consider and ponder the idea but like everything there is the subjectivity to it and each relationship each golfer each caddy is going to offer something that is unique and that experience and relationship is going to be unique this is pretty much wrapping it up for us here in this exploration is there Anything else you think you'd like to say about the caddy there, John? Talk about a universal phenomenon in the history of mankind. I mean, just in my earlier days, I used to love studying the history of thought, you know, like and sort of where, where the, you know, what were the Greeks thinking about? And then what about in the middle ages, what were they thinking about and what kind of beliefs? Anyway, the one common theme from probably the first breath of man was this idea of like, there's a voice in my head that wants me to like eat and run and jump. And then there's another voice in my head that says, I should probably strategize this a little bit and maybe store some food for the winter and, and so on. And so like this sort of dichotomy between the rational mind and the animal that we are, um, and and you know, you if you look on uh, Marvel comics, every 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 Marvel comic I've ever seen, my kids are really into those things. You know, it's the same theme. It's this idea of like this id and the ego, and this like I've got this dark side and this light side, and I need to learn to control the dark side. Except for I want to use it a little bit, like especially as an athlete, I got to use those skills that come from the dark side of that athletic animal side, um, and so on. And and uh, you know, from Sigmund Freud to Carl Jung to William James to Beethoven to Mozart to J.S. Bach. 
it's it's like the same themes all the way through from Shakespeare, all of this kind of stuff. It's always this idea of like the dark and the light and the caddy and the player and this idea of learning to control the wild horses of our animal instincts with the with the driver of the carriage in the platonic vis system or the rational mind effectively um, that that becomes the caddy in this in this analogy there's the player who's wildly trying to create beautiful art and there is the caddy who's trying to control him a little bit and making sure he's directing and keeping the paint on the canvas yeah very cool uh, definitely much deeper uh, philosophical explorations uh, on your end than, than mine. Uh, and, and maybe in my time, I, I will uh, ponder those as deep as, as you for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love listening to all that. So it, it cool. makes it kind of just like it, it provokes thought for me, right? As, as you use your language, it, uh, it kind of inspires me to think think a little bit differently, perhaps just not being so stuck in my in my box. I guess I can kind of always just kind of go mm -hmm. back to the the same the same thing over and over. Um, but as you kind of allude to, it is the same thing over and over and over and over. Uh, in a oh, sense, it is in absolutely. Though you you brought that up, this whole idea of the yeah. mindfulness is exactly. It's like of course, like everything I studied for five years at university and beyond that, it's the same <laughs> stuff all the time. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's always the same answer. It's like you know, well, you got to find balance. You gotta you gotta understand nature and understand that nature is chaos. And then you have to find equilibrium and, and then that's it. That's the yeah. theme of every book you've ever read. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe not every book, but perhaps uh, many of them. That's awesome, John. I really enjoyed this discussion. I think we pondered some cool ideas and uh, hopefully have provoked thought for the listeners today in this exploration of the caddy for the listeners. As always feel free to reach out about, any ideas, thoughts, comments around today's episode or any other previous episodes would love to hear from you and further the dialogue with you guys. Similar to last week, if you guys have a hole in mind that you struggle with in particular, John and I would love to help you out, kind of caddy that golf hole for you. So all you need to do is reach out to us on Instagram or find our emails online and drop us a line and let us know the hole at the particular course that you tend to struggle with and you're looking for a little bit extra help uh, and some guidance to how you could perhaps go about that golf hole with a little bit more ease and in hopes to get a better score more often. Would love to support you guys with that. And until next week, keep celebrating all that is pure in the game we love. If you like the show, please subscribe and tell a friend or write a review. We look forward to continuing this journey with you all.